1: This is a view from the Bridge official podcast of the Belfast Giants for Kingdomofthegiants.com. Today's Wednesday the 18th of March 2020. My name is Patrick Smith. Welcome to the podcast that's been practicing self-isolation once a week for many years. We were doing it before it was cool. Um, This week should of course be... A time when we're talking to you about a four-point weekend and how the Giants smashed the Nottingham Panthers across SSE ice and sent them packing with their tails firmly between their legs. We should be looking ahead to the visit of the Five Flyers, the final home games of the regular season, and informing you of the Bleed Tail 100 celebrations, the ones that we planned for this forthcoming weekend. But we're not. We're not. On Friday the 13th of March at 11am, the Elite League decided to cancel the remaining matches of the remainder of the 2019-20 season, bringing their decision in line with more or less every hockey league across Europe and a major sports league across the world. In the last few days, the league's chairman, Tony Smith, has also confirmed that there'll be no elite league champion for the 2019-20 season. Now, we'll come to discuss the decisions, the ramifications, the hardships, and maybe even joke about it all. But first, let's make no mistake of the underlying reason for this and, and the grave seriousness of the situation that we as people, as humans, as friends, as family, that we're in. At the time of recording, the coronavirus known as COVID-19 has killed 8,732 people. There have been 214,894 cases. Confirmed in one hundred and fifty-six countries across the globe. This information is from the uh, the Center for Systems Science and Engineering at Johns Hopkins University, and according to the UK government's own website, there have been two hundred two thousand sorry two thousand six hundred and twenty-six confirmed cases and one hundred and three deaths in this country alone. It's all too easy to get bogged down in the statistics as the numbers rise, Um, slowly getting desensitised to the seriousness of it all as as figures in the news start to grow. But but each of those 103 in the UK and those 8,732 people across the world was a person. Like you, like me, a mother, a father, a son, a daughter. A life lived, cruelly cut short before their time by a dangerous, infectious disease. There is no treatment, no vaccine, no cure. Not yet. Not yet. But I say yet because as a species, the human race are nothing if they're not resilient. Uh, There are millions of people still living today thanks to the remarkable developments in medical science. Children are born 20 weeks premature and they're nursed to full term uh, and go on to lead fruitful lives. Men and women are told they would struggle to even have children, only to cradle a newborn baby in their arms through the scientific wonders of IVF. My mother and father's lives have been saved and prolonged by the skill and ability of doctors and nurses at the Royal. Uh, Their their hearts gave out, and and in my mother's case, her heart stopped, twice. But she's still with us. Cancer patients in days gone by used to be condemned to a life sentence, but now many of them are finding longer lives with with loving families and, in many lucky cases, remission. And today, the race against time's on. Research, vaccines, testings, treatments, right across the planet to find what we can create to push this new enemy back. Universities, labs, pharmaceutical businesses working hand in hand to fight it to save lives. But while that fight continues, what do we do? Well, that's easy. We care, we help, we protect. From your neighbour to your community to your town to the nation, people are putting aside all sorts of differences for a common goal. Survival. Across the world, every country is handling this crisis in a different way. Their own plan. Criticism's rife. No one knows what the right answer is. The grass is always greener over there. It's always, you know, they're doing this, we should be doing that. Nobody knows the right answer. But that's fine. People are scared. And that's okay. All we can do is help each other. All we can do is care for each other. Keep an eye on the older generation. Keep an eye on the vulnerable. Keep them protected. Keep them in mind and show them the love and respect that they deserve. But for them we wouldn't even be here ourselves, and and now they need us more than ever because they, most notably, are in danger. If you're well, if you're able, just reach out and help. Walk an elderly neighbor's dog, who's shopping for your aunt, FaceTime your parents, keep them in mind, keep them protected. If you know anyone who works in the NHS, from a from a doctor to a porter, from a from a nurse to just just anyone who works in the NHS, they they are under the cosh. They're going to be under the cosh. They need our support. They need our help because this isn't going to be easy. The guidelines are changing regularly. Keep the government website, keep, sorry, keep checking the government website for the latest position, but currently these are the main points. The most common symptoms of the coronavirus COVID-19 are recent onset of a new continuous cough and or a high temperature. If you have these symptoms, however mild, stay at home. Don't leave your house for seven days or if you're in a household of people 14 days from when your symptoms start. You do not need to call the NHS 111 to go into self-isolation. But if your symptoms worsen during your home isolation and are no better after seven days, contact the NHS 111 online. If you've no internet access, you should call 111 and if you've got a medical emergency, dial 999. Wash your hands more often than usual for 20 seconds using soap and hot water, particularly after coughing, sneezing and blowing your nose or after being in public areas where other people are doing so. Use hand sanitizer if that's all you have access to. To reduce the spread of germs when you cough or sneeze, cover your mouth with and nose with a tissue or your sleeve, not your hands, if you don't have a tissue and throw the tissue away immediately. Then wash your hands and use sanitising gel. Clean and disinfect regularly. Touched objects and surfaces using your regular cleaning products and reduce the risk of passing infection to other people. In the grand scheme of things, sport's superfluous. We love it. We loathe it. We live it. It's often an escape. It's most certainly an escape for us on the podcast. But when lives are being lost and danger is increasing, sport means very little. Things may well get worse before they get better. I pray that none of us lose someone dear to us that all we get is just a mild dose and a treatment's found quickly. But until such time, we need to work together. Listen to the experts and care for one another. Remember, wash your hands for 20 seconds with soap and hot water. Avoid touching your face. Use a tissue to catch it, bin it, kill it. For fuck's sake, stop hoarding bog rolls, it's getting ridiculous. Seriously, like, Aldi is just a pasta too. What are you doing? Stop it. You know what, it feels like a dark time, but as evenings get brighter, we get a day and day and day closer to the other side of this crisis that's uh, that's enveloped the whole world. And I hope we do so without too much heartache, but to do that, we need to care for each other. Now, let's get on with the podcast. Later in the show, we'll hear from Mark Brooks of the Belfast Giants on the premature end to the season. And today's announcements by the club. But first, sitting on a horde of toilet roll, Mr. David say I'm not actually. Are you not? Um, no, I'm, I'm. I'm one of those
2: guys that um, buys them when I need them, and at the minute, I'm. I've, I've got a few, so didn't buy any more. When You've I saw done. Them, but, you,
1: uh, you're just back from a, a whistle stop tour down the M62. Do you pass no, the uh, the, uh, the big the big uh, farmhouse in the middle of it?
2: Yeah, don't tell Greta Thunberg, but at that five hundred miles there. I'm a diesel gas cover. Um <laughs> but she's grumpy enough. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, for all the age of her, she's got an awful like, twisted beak. I like her. I like that chip
1: of her grin, but yeah. she just needs to chill out a wee bit. <laughs> uh, that's a good start, um, Mr. <laughs> Simon Kitchen. Uh, weird times, mate. You're a busy man as well.
0: Yeah, it's been uh, it's it's a very difficult situation for a hell of a lot of people in Northern Ireland and uh, well throughout the world. But obviously our wee country is um, it's getting more real and real every change in every single minute. So it's uh, it's probably going to be a bit of a somber um, podcast, to be honest. I'm just I'm absolutely exhausted. I couldn't the last couple of nights I've hardly slept. You know, it's mm. it's um, from a sort of a a company point of view from phone a cab side of things, just, just, just traffic's not moving. Um, with regards to taxis, you know, and it's very, very difficult. The fourteen hundred drivers that we've got to try and find to try and keep busy. So, um, yeah, it's Different definitely something that we've never ever experienced, and hopefully, if we get out, well, once we get out the other side, we'll never experience again.
1: I think that'll also be a man just back from holiday. It'll be a, a similar story with regards to his professional life, and that's Mr. Joel Neal. How are you?
3: Hi boys. Yeah, oh well, I'm all right, as good as can be. I think I sympathise with Simon there. Just it's uh, it's sort of all your worst fears realised all at once. Sort of feel like I'm living in a simulation at the minute. It just seems to get more and more surreal by the day. But um, I said before we click play there. But uh, it's it's strange in itself that the most normal I've felt in the past week is sitting at the microphone talking to you boys. So um, I'm ready for a bit of group therapy. If nothing else, it's been a it's been a, a very very emotional tough week.
1: Let's get stuck in. Obviously, as I said at the top of the show, we hope to be talking about two thumping wins for the Belfast Giants of the Nottingham Panthers. We also hoped to be looking forward to two games against the Five Flours to end out the season. We also hoped about talking about Bleed Tail 100 and how we were going to finish that up next week. And all of that is no more because on the 13th of March... The, the, official, the official Elite League website and, uh, and Twitter account announced the end of the Elite League season. Cancellation of all games ongoing um, as part of the reaction to what was going on with the coronavirus COVID-19. Davey, the news came as no surprise. It's something that's been happening in the sporting world right across the globe yeah listen it's 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 disappointing for us on a program level but it's it was the
2: it was the right decision you can see the way um sporting bodies moved before the government did to to make these decisions to close things down partially based i guess on on the things that were happening around the world you know sporting events started closing down in other countries that were seem to be affected more seriously on us at that time and um games started being played behind closed doors and then leagues started canceling their seasons and it just seemed like a matter of time it kind of came as no surprise the the biggest surprise was it kind of almost went as long as it did but um yeah it's that's it look if we take things back to hockey and we try not to you know politicize things too much it it's a it's a it's a crap old way for the season to end and uh, there were still there's still quite a bit of hockey to be played, you know, with three big weekends, mainly at home, five home fixtures and that one away trip to Cardiff. And who knows what could have happened? You know, that last sort of handful of games last season, completely swung swung the title. We were only two two wins off top spot as it was. Okay, teams had games in hand and stuff, but you just, it's sport's a funny old game. You never know what's going to happen. And, and we'll never know. We'll never, ever know what the outcome of this season would have been to see today the league of put a can or put a lid on it for now and said that's it. there'd be no champion and rightly or wrongly and uh it's it just seems like a real exhale moment you know it wasn't a great season albeit we were still in the mix towards the end of it and it will come on to
1: you know probably how the season went but uh just feels like a bit of a bit flat simon this, obviously, as Davy said, it's not the way we wanted to end. The, nobody, nobody wants to end the season in reaction to a global pandemic. But uh, when it comes to the decision, it was the right decision. The the health of the players, the officials, the fans comes above the sport.
0: Look, it, it is absolutely the right decision. It's uh, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't taken lightly by all the the board of the EIHl. Um, I didn't like the way Tony Smith um you know basically blamed the whole thing on Belfast. That mm. you know that that certainly wasn't the situation. Um there was I know that there was other players around the league that weren't fair very well in other clubs and the only one he mentioned was the Belfast giants. So for me that was bang out or of the order as him being the leader and the chairman of the um, he's got to show a short bit of professionalism there in my opinion. I agree. But you know with regards to the situation and the and the ruling from the, the the board um to end the season. I just want to know is Ben Lake gonna get a, a winner's medal now because he's he's in the, the uh reigning champions. Um so I wonder if he gets an AHL medal. But having a bit of a, a laugh out lad, but from where the I was in the dressing room when uh the decision was made um Robert and Steve uh, and Adam came around from having that conversation, the the conference call with the other uh, owners of the club, and then they came around and and spoke to all the players um, in the room and told them what the situation was. And you genuinely could see a bit of relief um, from the player side of things. You could also see disappointment, to be honest. I thought that, you know, hockey players want to play hockey. Mm -hmm. Um, We've we've talked about it at the top of the show that this is – this. Pandemic has never. There's nothing ever that like happened like this in the history of the world, um, in our lifetime anyway. And for the, the health and and um, well being of of as you say, probably the players, coaches, the fans, the volunteers at the arena. You know that that's far more important than finishing ten, twelve games per team before the end of the season and and. Mm-hmm. I'm just hoping that it's it's you know it's taken a bit of a while to, to get to Northern Ireland and and you know this side of the world compared to China where it started, but I'm hoping that it clears up as you know, as quickly as it's as come along. But that certainly doesn't look the the case from from the news coming out of of the government in you know, over the last couple of days.
1: Joe, from a, from a fans perspective, it, it, again, it's, it's not the way the fans want to see it. Obviously, there's still five games to play. We were, we are we, sorry, four home games to play and two away. And then obviously the additional playoff game when that took place. Um, we'll be talking to Mark Brooks in just a few minutes, but from a fans perspective, there is a definite understanding in this.
3: Uh, yeah how how can you not really you know I think Simon summed it up very well there this is unprecedented you know uh, and it's the thing that staggers me is that even just over the past week how quickly the situation has developed and and the the how, how the severity ramps up almost by the hour and uh, y- there there's no one really that can turn a word on on where we find ourselves it's uh, it's tremendously sad uh, and and I know that there are much bigger things in the world than sport right now there are there's health there are livelihoods there's the the lives and the well-being of the of the vulnerable the older whatever um but our club is special and it and it is a place to go for a lot of people to escape those kinds of of real world worries and fears and stuff so whenever a real world worry and fear overtakes it and and overcomes it and suddenly you don't have that to lean on you don't have that community and you don't have that sort of solace it's uh it's a very scary place to be so Yes, I, I imagine there's disappointment and there's sadness, but I also uh, I feel for the uh, a fan base who has had such a supportive aspect of their lives ripped away from them, and it's it's really. Uh, and i guess just because work has been so crazy and and things are so surreal it's taken a while for it to sink in with me even that it's gone you know uh, rainer texted me this morning uh saying that he'd managed to grab a, a flight and, and that he's he's getting out of here while he can still get back to his family before anything kind of happens and and it's really only then like I, I obviously have said before i live in the flats kind of surrounded by the guys and and as you see more and more just kind of leave um it's just it's mentally it's very hard to process that it's all gone uh So, I mean, yeah, you're right. There'll be sadness. There'll be a a sense of despair. There'll be the the full spectrum of feelings, but I don't think there's anywhere that you can particularly point your anger or point the blame. It's just a very, very sad, unfortunate situation that that it has had to to end like it is. Uh, But with that said, completely the right call. Uh, We find ourselves in in the situation that we should be in. Uh, the, The thoughts now obviously turn to the long-term sustainability of the league the long-term sustainability of the clubs within the league and also kind of foremost in our minds, the sustainability of the Belfast Giants. You know, nobody's immune to this. In my professional life, I've seen Biancor, the, the biggest hospitality company in in the in the province, go under at the start of the week with 800 plus layoffs. You know, the, the Giants, and, and that's not a pun, sorry, but the the, the massive businesses, the, the, the ones that seemed invincible, they're fallen as a result of this unprecedented scenario. So it's on all of us now to do everything that we can to ensure that we have a club to come back to after i hope uh, a long long summer whenever uh fingers crossed next season rolls around
1: i guess on that note joel it's a good point in the show to uh to bring in a man who's been very busy like everybody i suppose over the last number of weeks um the sponsorship and partnership manager for the odyssey trust but a key part of the belfast giants mark brooks how are you
4: i'm good yeah is this is your good. first time on a view from the bridge it uh in not ideal circumstances, but yeah, it's my first time on, so uh, I'm, I'm assuming I get like a certificate or something for coming on.
1: For those that don't do Mark, don't know, Mark uh, is pretty key in you know, setting up a lot of the interviews and stuff for pre-season and goes through the season, does a lot of great, helpful work for us in the from bridge, something that we're very grateful for. Um, but as you say, not in the best of circumstances. From your perspective, uh, how was last Friday?
4: Um it was a real whirlwind of a day I mean from the, I think like all of us um Thursday evening was a really important one we were expecting to hear um an update from the, the government on what we couldn't do at the weekend and that didn't really come so we, as, as a league we obviously took the decision to um cancel the rest of our season on Friday morning which is unbelievable we we had obviously multiple conference calls during the week about what to do and not do and trying to follow advice but uh yeah Friday was a really it's a really hard day for the organisation in terms of um, trying to even just trying to because it's firefighting, right? So you're trying to firefight on that day, and we have been since then. It feels like just trying to make sure, like our player, our players are our priority, trying to make sure they get home. And we've we've done that apart from maybe the last couple here leaving um, tomorrow, I believe, and, and Friday. Um, but apart from that, like that was our priority to getting players home. There was obviously a lot of anxiety amongst our players about. The, the travel bans coming in from the United States and then Canada obviously followed on this week so that was really like the priority for like myself and Steve and Adam to kind of take care of our our players and make sure they got um home safely from the organization point of view it was a real like I think I think canceling I'm assuming we all kind of say the same thing that canceling was probably the correct decision to make from our league's point of view uh, the fact that the NHL kind of um, fell about an hour before we made our decision I think was really key in, in that but at the same time it um, doesn't make it any less difficult because there's obviously a lot of fear and a lot of um, worry about what this might hold for us moving forward.
1: Was there a pressure, do you feel there was a pressure on the league? Because obviously there were leagues the DEL went down, DEL 2, Ebel went down, leagues from right across Europe were, were making these decisions and the elite League seemed to be standing alone but uh, there, was, there was a hell of a lot of pressure on the league to make a decision.
4: Yeah, absolutely and it, it, I think we're really conscious as a league because obviously I'm not sure people understand that it's our teams that make up the league. This isn't like a separate body or a separate group of staff that that run the league and dictate to us. Like you might find in like the NHL or like the premier league in football, like we run our own league. So we're all invested in our own decisions and there's so many different stakeholders that we've got. um, Like from an organization's point of view, we've all got all of our key partners and sponsors. We've got all of our season ticket holders, our fans, our players, We have all our costs that we're paying, all the travel expenses, like the players living in common. I I can't tell you how many different things there are. So you're trying to make the best decision for the organization, for the players, for the fans, for the staff. So there was no kind of manual on how to deal with us, unfortunately. I thought as a league we kind of tried to consider all stakeholders. And I think ultimately on Friday morning it became apparent, as you say, Paddy, that the fact that the NHL had gone, I think that was kind of like the last straw. And obviously – it was well publicised. Unfortunately, that two of our players were in self isolation as of Thursday night, based on government regulations. Um, that was something we had to take into account as well. So, um, really important that we just kind of put the safety of our players and staff and fans, I guess, first before any uh, any business decision.
2: Brooksy, it's Davey. Um, obviously, at this this kind of juncture, there are no easy questions. That, you know, and I know we appreciate you coming on here and, and facing up to some difficult questions. You'll have seen them all on Twitter. I know on your own personal Twitter you've had your own comments. Going forward, the one of the big questions that has been on Twitter there, not just from our own fans, but from around the league, season tickets for the remainder of this season and going forward, what's the story?
4: I mean, I can speak for our own season ticket holders and as opposed to like the rest of the leagues. I'm not sure what everyone else's kind of terms and conditions are. So yeah, obviously today um, our season ticket holders will have seen that um, we have tried to be black and white and saying that there is no refund for the rest of the season. We had four league games, four home league games to go. We had the playoff game to go. That is not included in the season ticket um, package. Um, without being too black and white, like I think we wanted to be sensitive and explain our results, but our, our terms and conditions do state that all league and Challenge Cup games are covered. So we we do feel like we are, and we've obviously taken advice on this, that we are kind of covered the fact that there were no more games missed out on. Um, We also, not to offer an excuse, but we've also kind of highlighted, um, or not that we didn't highlight, but our season ticket. If you booked a a season ticket at the early bird rate um, for last season, the 2019-20 season, it was worth 10 games for free. That is how great value our season ticket is. And we do that because we want as many people coming to watch us As possible during the season and our season ticket for next season is very similarly priced as well so we put this together uh, we don't put our season ticket together to cancel games to offer people less value but over the course of like i think you guys will maybe remember from uh, you might set me right but maybe from two years ago or three years ago whenever we went up from 10 teams to 12 teams and people got more games we've always advertised this so we've we've kind of had that mantra of all league and cup games for the last number of years so people have kind of increased games for free um in the last number of years so it, it we we never think about how do we find a way of screwing over our season ticket holders. That is absolutely not the case. They're most important fans because a lot of people who are listening to this, who are season ticket holders, are season ticket holders for not just one season. They're there for five years, 10 years, 20 years. They come and sit with their friends. They come and they enjoy the community of the Giants family to use a term. And from our point of view, we wanted to be really black and white about that and recognize how important they are because we haven't taken this decision about now. This is about the future of our, organization i don't want to sound too dramatic about it but we really are future planning now to ensure that we have a team on the ice next season we're being really optimistic and, and we're putting our plans in place for next season and we've done that by having the season ticket package out for a long time but um definitely listen people are more than entitled to our opinion i'm more than happy to listen to them and listen to queries on it um but we feel like we put the best foot forward to use a podcast expression and um and make that and make that decision nice. and we've also added in there the 20 point credit towards food and drink Next season per person. So, if I know a lot of people that are season ticket holders and families, so if your family of four, there's 80 pounds going towards food and drink at the arena next season. That's not something that we had to do black and white, but we felt like that was an important thing to do because um we want to do right by our fans. Because it's the same with like our sponsors, like how we're going to treat people moving forward, all of our key stakeholders who resource and fund our organization. We can't just think about right now, we have to think about future years and, and having. Along kind of successful partnerships and keeping things going here and, and and that was our kind of feeling behind making that decision
2: you know i I know that as you, as you said yourself, you can 't please all the people all the time, but i'd like to think and i i hope and i I guess i, I proof of the put not be even the vast majority of people that have season tickets I, I think when they see what you 're doing with the you know the twenty pound offer next season and and just when they when they get their head around the, the seriousness of the situation, the precarious position that the whole league is in, that, that few quid that was invested over a year ago isn't lost money. It's future proofing that there'll be hockey coming back to the club and hope that people understand that, you know, that lost revenue that we've got from those sort of four games, five games that we we'll had at home with maybe probably you were anticipating four or five thousand. This is the time of year to get the big gates. Of, you know, that, that few quid that, isn't lost but it's it's just resting in the in the bank account if
4: you like to make sure that we we come back next season stronger yeah absolutely definitely and that's and we've been working on that i mean we we start our meetings in november to plan for the following season because our season ticket always goes on sale in february because we like to offer people the chance of paying across 12 monthly installments um without getting into the kind of logistics of it so whenever we start planning, we never ever would have planned for anything like this, but having that kind of plan in place and our kind of structure that we have, I think it'll work really well moving into next season, kind of whatever comes at us the next few months. But yeah, like we are looking like our discussions from Friday are now turning into planning for next season and talking about next season Um, with obviously like a a huge part of our business is the arena and the SSA arena. And there's so many concerts and events that are planned. And over the next wee while, there's been a lot of announcements already about promoters that are, rescheduling and postponing acts into the next season. So we are um we're kind of being really we're working with the arena a lot and making sure that we get the dates that we want for our fans and for the team next season and also making sure that the arena is able to accommodate the big acts that are coming back to make sure like kind of we had like to kinda of to make sure that they they're not having to do what we had to do in terms of actually cancelling games um, and making sure we kind of accommodate people. So there's a lot of moving parts in this one, but we are planning um, kind of forward right now to, to look to next season to make sure we can put a team on the ice and put a competitive team on the ice next season.
0: Brucie, so you, you talk about obviously the feedback you've had, from, and I, I agree with David. The positive, the negative. Um, uh-huh. What's the feedback you're getting from uh, the playing staff and the coaching staff the, because of the way the season ended?
4: Um. It's it's been it's, it's probably mixed, but not not in a negative way. Like our our players were so supportive. Like I I cannot say enough good things about the group that we had here in Belfast this year. The way that the season ended is so um, better. It's it, you kind of feel it feels like um, it's a real solemn way to finish the season, and the chance that you didn't really get to see the guys in action again. And it feels like we kind of ended it like we're missing a chapter here. Like we're missing the chapter of I feel we're missing the chapter of the playoffs this season. Like I feel like that was something that I was really excited for for this group. Um but in terms of how they handled last weekend if that's what you're asking, they were they were so accommodating. They were so respectful of us of our organization, so respectful of how we um were trying to make our decisions and, and we were trying to keep them informed as best as we can. And then this week they've been nothing but really um, accommodating because like some of our players have had flights canceled this week. Like, they've had, um, they've had airports that have closed down they've had to be rerouted and redirected. And um, the team in the office, especially Shane Johnson's worked so hard in trying to accommodate that. And we've been as good as we can. So they've been great for us. Uh, it feels weird saying goodbye to players in the middle of March um, and knowing we won't see some of them again, but um, it's kind of ended on a sour note, I guess, Simon, but definitely positive in terms of how the players handled themselves and, and, which is what we expect whenever we recruit these types of players for Belfast?
0: Look, looking at where we are right now, um, you know, we're obviously with uh, there was an announcement earlier in a couple of days. Uh, you talked about the, the arena side of things. Obviously, it's, um, you know, the show's being cancelled left, right and centre, not just over the next month, but further down the line as well. Probably a lot of people haven't taken into consideration the staffing at the arena, obviously that's going to affect that side of things as well as, as there, obviously you've got contingency plans in place for that.
4: Yeah, we're planning for all that. We're, we're really, I can't really highlight enough to all of us and to the fans, like how important it is that we have the Odyssey trust owning the team. Like at this moment in time, like they they are waking up in the morning and, and future planning and mitigating for the future of our business. Um, and, and that is our future planning. And I know we're all in the same boat. Simon, you're exactly the same boat as well. And Joel, you've been doing a lot of work this week with hospitality officers. So like, it, it, there's we're all of us in the same boat. So it's not about us, or the giants of the arena. But I know our fans are interested in it. And for sure, like that, that's where we're planning for. Um, we're planning ahead for next season. We're planning to have the same people um, around in terms of the the, the the same number of players and all that side of it. Like we're, we're we're kind of pushing ahead as best as we can. But at the same time, we're we're all watching the same briefings. That you all are every every afternoon right now, um, both for local government and national government, and trying to figure out what we kind of do. But all we know is that we can just keep planning for next season and keep looking to put a team on the ice that can compete. Um, and also, and we're not sure what that looks like. And obviously, obviously, planning as well to kind of book our dates in and, and get as organized as we can for next season as we possibly can right now.
3: Uh, Joel. I just want to double back on on the season ticket thing. Uh, I, I I think you're you've come on and, and been uh, probably more open and honest and upfront with the fans than, than you need to be, uh, you know, in terms of your job and, and, and much respect for that. And I think the statement today was, was similar, you know, the, the club being as transparent as possible, but I just want to read one of the tweets that I've got. I mean, I, I've, and I've been on Twitter today and seen sort of the, the groundswell of support. Um, mm-hmm. But one of the tweets I, I replied uh, that was replied to me, um, whenever I kind of give my opinion on season tickets, but it was 31 home games played this season. Standard game ticket, $17.50 for getting the handling fees, etc. So that amounts to a total of 542.50 so far if you were to buy an individual ticket uh, for every game this season. So season ticket holders as of right now have already saved the guts of 100 quid. I just uh, personally I think the club have gone above and beyond and uh, you know we're, we're, we're privileged I, I mean, and I am a season ticket holder I, I, I still pay mine I'll, I'll continue to pay mine and I'll be signed up for next season whether there's a, a hockey season or not uh, and you know I'm not, I'm not speaking from a position of privilege there I'm staring down the barrel of, of pay cuts in my job and I understand that people's financial situations are a little volatile right now but uh, it's more to me that the, the club and, and we're lucky to see behind the scenes and see the passion that gets poured into the club and uh, the, the club means so much to so many and and the number of times that the giants have been there individually for any one of us we could ream off stories and, and even business wise you know we had that turbulent year uh, a number of years back when players were paying without playing without pay and nobody knew of it at the time so i would just uh and it's not so much a question but i would just appeal to everybody to sort of think about that and and if it's the club's are of need it's maybe time to, to give back to the club um what What's the feeling among the ownership and among the EIHL about the sort of uh, stability and sustainability of the league? I know that it's early to tell and, and that the goalposts may move, but, uh, you know, uh, presuming that we're setting up for a new season next year, do you think we're going to be back with a, a, a full list of, of teams, everybody ready to
4: go and competitive? Yeah, I really hope so. I'm missing it already. Like, I'm, I'm not sure we're going to be doing it weekends right now. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all, all the conference calls this week as a board and any of <coughs> the Like I can speak for the Giants, and we're planning ahead for next season because we are really like we have to like you you really have to plan ahead for that from from the Elite League point of view. Yeah, any discussions we've had have been um, like I think the Elite League. I know Luke Fisher, our media manager, who's been great through all this. um, He put the statement out today about um, the potential of the kind of Elite Five weekend or the Magic kind of theme weekend potentially at the start of um, start September, which you never know might be something that actually. If it takes off in year one, we're obviously doing it in bizarre circumstances for for next season. But it could be something that takes off, and it might be something that we really um, we take on board and maybe host in Belfast one year. Who knows? But um, yeah, moving f- all the discussions have been about next season and doing what's right now. The plan for uh, the plan for next season. We have we have meetings as a board that's planned over the next couple of months, so those are still in the diary and we're still kind of moving ahead um, from that point of view. But yeah, I also appreciate you uh, doing my job for me and kind of doing the season ticket pitch for next season, percent. <laughs> like we, we try to make it as good value as possible. Like this season, because of the success of the team last season, um, or I guess two seasons ago now and winning the league title, we, we had 1500 season ticket holders, which is the most that the Belfast Giants have ever had. We, we don't always promote that side of it. We don't shout about that enough possibly, but we kind of focus more on the on side of it and promoting the team and or Adam and the team and, that's the focus. Um, but hundred percent, like that that's our our yeah. goal is whenever we sit down to plan our season ticket pricing is to make sure it's the best value ticket in the league. And I believe, um, I know some teams still have the ninth season ticket packages for next season, but from our point of view, we're still the cheapest in the league for an adult season ticket. And like our goal is to get as many people in the building as possible supporting the giant. Like that's always my personal pride. Like I, I was a fan kind of first and foremost, and that's what you want people to do. And I think next season there there's no greater role for the Giants organization to be a a benefit to the people of Belfast and Northern Ireland after what's going through right now. So that's our goal to get as many people in the building either for season tickets or tickets next season. And and that's uh, our kind of off ice strategy right now.
3: And, and I, and I mean there's there's no safer hands than the Odyssey Trust and, and I know that, that uh, Robert and, and the team and all of you guys will, will be doing everything in your power but it really I can't emphasise enough that supporting the club does not just mean showing up in your jersey and cheering for goals, if if the club needs you then you've got to be there for the club and, and I hope that the fanbase will see that um, Just finally for me, have you put in a request to the league for them to send our trophy back? <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh it's uh it's uh it's too soon. It's too soon, but um, <laughs> it's absolutely it's not our too point, soon. Though. Uh, but yeah. it's uh yeah, that's our, our focus right now, whether it's Champions League, Connell Cup, um league titles, all that kind of stuff, like I, I would I would trade any championship the Belfast Chance have won in just to make sure we have a successful team or a team on the ice next season. So true story. Um, so yeah, so listen, like we, uh, we, we, I guess we kind of get a, a second crack at it, not in the way we would have liked to, it, but, um, um, but yeah, like that's, uh, we're we working on banner number twelve, starting right now. <laughs>
2: nice. Well, here, listen, Brixie, we we really appreciate you coming on tonight in these difficult circumstances. Hopefully, the next time you come on, it'll be in in slightly more up tempo kind of thing. And and listen, I was talking to Paddy, Joel, Simon. We really want to thank you for all the support pre-season during the season that you give us you know as, as patty alluded to at the start we get to speak to every single player that signs for this club and that comes through your support and setting those interviews up um and, and giving us the contacts that we can get in touch with these guys and and get those interviews so look we really appreciate everything you do we know this is testing times for you in the club but uh, we're here and whatever way we can to support them uh, you know you only need to hit the hit the buttons on the whatsapp and we'll do whatever's required but thanks again for coming on tonight
4: I appreciate it and thanks to you guys as well for everything that you do for the club and the communication i think one thing moving forward for us is really improving in our communication and with the fans and the access that you guys have with our players and i think that's something that next season is going to, be, going to be there's going to be no um kind of bigger role for like our players in the community with all of our sponsors with visits with uh, being kind of accessible the next season so i think once we start talking about signing players and 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 recruiting players for next season and getting kind of ink drying on contracts, then it'll be a lot of fun getting you guys talking to them and and spreading the good news about that side of it and and really looking forward to um, our, our season 21.
1: A big thanks once again to Mark Brooks for his time, a difficult time for everybody, a difficult time for the Giants. And he made some fantastic points there because if we do want an elite league, if we do want the Belfast Giants, as has been said, this is the time that your club needs you. Now we've got a few things to cover before we finish off what is a, a shorter podcast, but a, but one with, uh, with some salient points. Uh, Simon had to drop out, but we're going to call him back. So let's call him back. Simon, you're in the car. Uh, <laughs> right, well, I am. Right, I'm going to put these to the three lads, but I'm going to ask you, and then I'm going to let you go about your business. How did you feel uh, looking back on what was a partial season? How do you feel that season went for the Belfast Giants? Obviously, ups and downs, fifty percent, but you know, uh, not the best sort of fight to, to retain a title that we had hoped for.
5: No when we look back at the first game of the season in the CHL, you know, everybody was so positive coming out of that game. I mean, that was a brilliant result against a really good team and you're sitting thinking, well, this is what we're going to get this season. This is going to be absolutely fantastic. That's probably the pick of the year if if you're being honest. You know, it was was arguably our best performance of the season. Um, Yes, everybody, you know, we talked about the the players coming in and and wanting to impress and uh, to be honest, I'm pretty disappointed the way the season went along With you know most games most weekends you're, you're winning a game and then you're losing the game we talk about when you're when you're through you want to aspirations to win titles obviously last season and I'm sorry the, the season before now with this being one of this one over been over you know 18-19 season was hugely you know significant and probably the best of our or 19, 20 years as a, as a team of Belfast Giants, and and when you look at the, the, the squad that was assembled at the start of the year, you're looking at guys who, you know, have been very successful in other leagues throughout the Europe, who, who played at the highest level in, in world hockey in the NHL, and then you look where we are with the season ending, the first weekend in March, and for me... To be honest, I just don't think it was good enough. Um, I'm, sure, I'm sort of happy the season's over, to be honest. You know, you, you you yes, we've got some really good memories. We had some really, really good guys, really good players. But a lot of them didn't live up to the expectations, didn't live up to the, what we thought we were going to get from them. Then you look at the other side of things, you probably got more out of a few guys that you thought you didn't get enough out of it, you know what I'm saying? You weren't expecting a lot out of, you know, and you know, looking at Brad Ward, for instance, you know, did we think Brad Ward was going to come in and, and finish second in points for the season? Probably not. Did we think Bobby Farnham was going to come in and finish one goal behind as top goal scorer in the league as a Belfast champ? Absolutely not. For me, again, the season. Ended prematurely, both on the ice and off the ice. And I need a bit of a break away from it, um, as well as the players. Obviously, they put a lot more effort into what I, than I've ever done. And, and you can hear from my voice that um, I'm sort of glad my season's over. And I just want to finish with regards to the guys at Belfast Giants TV. Another point of the year for for them. I know Neil's been working on something. It'll be released tomorrow. Um which will probably people will probably want to listen to on mute. But uh, <laughs> memory, I think I, you know, from memory I think I only had one big yes this year. And again, you know I love at my yeses do you want to do a sound work at it.
1: <laughs>
5: so it's um it's been emotional. It's been frustrating. It's been <sighs> consistent um, but uh, I think that you know, I'll, I'll, I'll grab a chat with Adam in the next couple of days um, and we'll get that on the ABF TV at, at some point in the very near future um, but I'm sort of glad the season's over
1: Well Mr. Kitchen I'm going to let you go all we want to say is you know between your Belfast Giants TV commentaries, you're nipping down the practice and getting interviews week on week with the likes of Adam and the boys and then coming on here and chatting with View from the bridge. We, uh, we're we very grateful for everything you've done for us here on A View from the Bridge. And Before you go, just one last question. Uh, who was your player of the season? Bobby Farnham. S- excuse me? Bobby Farnham. Bobby Farnham. I'm not surprised no, at that really.
5: 15 league goals. Um, uh, you know, got me on pretty well over the year. Um, I was out with him a couple of times in the last couple of weekends, <laughs> um, and he's what a guy. I mean, he, he's just so unassuming. He's one of the nicest people I've ever met in hockey. He's as mad as a box of frogs, and um, I absolutely hated to play against him. He would have had me tortured. <laughs> um, you know, just listening to him got off the ice and, and watching the way he plays the game on the ice. I I, I love that type of player, you know. Uh, look at the like the Daryl Lloyd's throughout the, the years that we've had and and you know, even a we've got a keeper comes out of him as well and um but for me it's definitely Bobby for him.
1: Well Smith, we'll we'll leave you to your evening. Thanks very much for joining us and uh, we'll speak to you soon.
5: All right boys, see you later, cheers.
1: Right, Davy Siss has had his say, that's come to you. Um the, this season for the Belfast Giants.
2: You know, d- despite the way it's ended, I'm I'm, I'm almost glad it's over. Um I, you know, doing the podcast at times has taken its toll this season because it's been so inconsistent. I think that what, the podcast? I was always one that was <laughs> just everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that um you know, I was one that's always been sort of talking down the CHL. Now, the CHL experience was brilliant. Would I rather have had the year-before experience with the Continental Cup and going to the final and, and being in a competition we can we can win? Probably. But that's not to take away that, that opening night against Liberettes, so, you know, we'll to live for such a long time in the memory. Bobby Farnham scoring his first professional power play goal, first goal of the season, you know, and in real games you know with a couple of exhibition games but in, in real play time you know getting that Brian Ward scoring that power play game winning goal I think Hami scored a, a wonder goal that night as well that ended up winning the goal of the season in the CHL you know that that night was a great experience and then even going against Panthers the following night the Augsburg Panther and and uh, the experience of their fans coming along and and then having to get them getting to the go for a day trip at Boomerang Corner to the Czech Republic was, was brilliant as well. So, you know, the CHL experience, can't say it wasn't great. Um, I really enjoyed the the, the time we were in it, but, I, you know, I'm not going to go back and say that I wouldn't have taken the, the previous season's win over Arlan and, and to, to win the trophy. Um, so, you know, whether we get back on that or not, yeah, the season, as far as the league and the cup goes, was just one of pure frustration we you know simon said about maybe not getting out of 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 imports what we may have ronka for me you know patrick ronka was such so frustrating for him because i expected such big things from such a good skater that just didn't work out for him here would i like to see Yes, absolutely. Jean Dupuy, you know, came with size and just never worked out for him. It was one of those seasons where we made a lot more changes than we, we ever have. And some of the guys that came in and and David Goodwin and Elgin Pierce, you know, really, really brightened a frustrating 500 season. I think this will be the season we always remember for, for not being able to convert two-point weekends into four-point weekends. And, yeah, it's just one of real, incons- consistently inconsistent. We've used that in the podcast quite a bit. We didn't get the sound of claxing that often this season, disappointingly. And um, It's not a season that I think we'll look back on in the in the 20 years that we've done so far of, of any great fondness. And the way it's ended is obviously there's a bit of a sour taste in the mouth as well. We just, um, it's sort of... Uh, but my highlight, yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> hard to believe your highlight is the first game of the season. But I would say that if I had to pick one moment through the season, that would be uh, Bobby Farnham scoring that opening goal uh, in a game. They came in, they they underestimated us, you know, in the day of the game. And they, they didn't realise just what it was going to be like going against this team. And this team showed that night what it had. And unfortunately, just through the rest of the season, couldn't get it out consistently. Joel?
3: You know what, Davies' player of the season first—that is a drum roll for me.
2: Okay, we'll go. I was going to come back to, it, but go on then. Davies' player oh, of the season. Sorry, sorry. Oh, a player of the season. Look, there. Despite the inconsistency, there, there, there's been a, a lot of of contenders. Smo a little inconsistent, but top the points. You know, and you can't take that away from someone who comes in and and leads the team in scoring through fifty odd games. You know, so credit there. I think Brian Ward is, is you know underrated Hamilton scored goals. Bobby Farnham, just you love watching Bobby Farnham play. You want to be, I I think anybody, if you can't be the the top scorer, you want to be that energy guy that that lights a building up. But for me, it's got to come from the back end. 108 blocks this season, 108 Mm -hmm. times he threw his body and stopped the puck getting through to Shane Owen. You know, how many of those were goals written on them? So for me, number 22, Kevin Rain, my MVP by quite a distance too.
1: Can't argue with that, to be honest. Joe, yeah, your, season, uh, your season's reflections.
3: Whenever uh, whatever you uh, take on this job, uh, you sort of, you know, it's uh, doing this, uh, being on the podcast, covering the team and post game, writing game reports, the wee bit of TV that I've been lucky enough to do. And, uh, It's very, very mentally and emotionally taxing. Uh, You you really put yourself out there in terms of what you say. You know, you you can't take for granted that you get given a platform and and that people are expected to listen to your views and and whatever else. And there's a responsibility there too. and, And it's one that I've never taken lightly. With that said, my first season doing this last year, I couldn't have been handed a bigger gift from the hockey gods with that year. That team was, and I've said it before, I'll say it again, last season's team was the greatest Belfast Giants team ever assembled. And, and you know, factually the most successful in terms of the silverware haul. Uh, to contrast that, to come into that kind of awkward sophomore year, as they say, you know, your awkward second album this year was incredibly challenging. You know, whenever you're uh, up against the same uh, problems week in and week out. You know you're you're facing uh, those kind of 500 weekends and whatever else, and you you feel like you're almost repeating yourself in post game. You're asking the same questions, getting the same answers, coming onto the show and trying to to figure out something different to say. It's been uh, tremendously challenging, I would say, this year. Uh, The team itself. Probably a uh, uh, proof if any was ever needed that uh, an ice hockey uh season is not played on elite prospects.com you know we 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 signed uh potential which just never never materialized there were guys who should have been electric in this league uh that that, that never were and there were the unknown guys you know it was uh Liam morgan had his fits and starts but was sensational bringing in guys like elgin Pierce uh who who had a tough time in Dundee, but ended up being fantastic here. Uh, the team itself, uh, unfortunately, I think the boys have said within the next few years, they'll probably have faded into oblivion, and some of those names will, will become uh, kind of like guys from three, four years ago. Whenever you say, Oh, why do you remember him? You know, it's, it's kind of been a season like that, but. Uh, I guess where I stand at the end of it all is that uh, for all of the emotion and anguish and heartbreak and and how tough it is sometimes, I would not change this for the world. I would do this over and over and over again, and I would have my heart broken 95% of the time, actually probably more than 95% of the time, 98% of the time, just for those little 2% when everything just goes right, the feeling and that elation and... The fact that you get to share it with your friends, I share it with you guys, I share it with the guys that sit around me in media, the fantastic people behind the scenes, the players themselves, who you can't help but sort of make friends with throughout the year. So I guess even the worst season for me is a season that I that I don't regret. You know, uh, never really materialized, never never lived up to the expectations of this roster. But we moved on from a sensational team. How do you how do you replace fifty plus goals and and, and all the assists of Darcy Murphy alone? And that's before you take away. Pat Dwyer, Blair Riley, they always had big shoes to fill, you know, and that's Tyler she Shane Owens stepping into some big skates there, uh, and it was always going to be tough. Uh, but I guess my my takeaway and, and where I stand today, uh, with it suddenly ripped away from me, and, and and facing down the barrel of not being able to see those friends for maybe quite a long time. Uh, I wouldn't change a single minute of it, uh, and, and I, I thank everybody behind the scenes, and I thank the team for for their friendship and their cooperation, and always being willing to talk even on the bad nights. And that goes down to the head coach as well, and and you guys, uh, this is this is everything to me. It, it's just the, the most important thing in my life, uh, and without it, I don't really know what to do. And, and uh, I sort of feel like that tonight. To be honest, I'm feeling a bit kind of heavy sitting here talking to you guys, knowing that it's all over. Uh, tough year, but uh, I'll take I'll take a tough year over no year, you know.
1: And your player of the season mate?
3: Tough. Really tough. Uh always gotta shout out my boy Kevin Rain because uh as he says himself, he doesn't block shots, he makes saves. <laughs> 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 it's my line of the year. Uh but I, I have to this year uh agree with Sis and go with Bobby Farnham. Uh Bobby on and off the ice is just everything you want in a Belfast Giant. He's everything you want on a guy that wears your jersey. An absolute old school beauty of a guy. Completely, completely insane. Uh, Can put away more pints than anybody I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, plays with such ferocity, such intensity, but is such a friendly, friendly, lovely, gentle guy who cares about the club and cares about the people behind the scenes. Uh, I would have Bobby Farnham back in a heartbeat. He's leadership material. He reminds me of, uh, I, I think says said it, that kind of combination of, of Daryl Lloyd and Adam Keefe. He just has that little bit of secret sauce, that grit that we love to see in this city. And, and I, I hope there's a, a hefty contract slid his way as and when all of this chaos is over.
2: If... Come on, Paddy!
1: Come on, you can <laughs> have a go. Let's hear it. Um, from a season point of view, uh, I, it's very difficult to follow up what you three very learned gentlemen have said. Um, <laughs> T- I the no, three mate. and I would say that. I wholeheartedly agree on the point that was been made with regards to that first game against Lieberich being the highlight of the season and it really not living up to that. I think the excitement, I didn't get to go to that game. I, I, I actually watched it in a pub round the corner for me here in Manchester who were kind enough to put it on because I'd agreed to go and meet a couple of lads for the, for a pint. And I actually had thought, and I hold my hands up, I'd actually thought that by nine o'clock, I'd have been all right to go out because we would have been out of it. And I thought it's fine. We'll be three down by then and I'll just go to the pub. But the game was on and the game was on a big way. So I texted round to friends in the in the pub round the corner and said, Could you ask? There's no football on tonight. Can you ask him to stick on free sports and see if they'll put the hockey on? And they text me back saying it's on. So I absolutely pelted it round and stood as a lonely man in the horse and fire pub in Gatley and, 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 screamed my head off as people are watching this agent in the corner watching ice hockey a game between Belfast and some Czech team they'd never heard of. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and that was a start and that was, you know, that, that was a real, booster for the season and then came the game in uh, in Augsburg, then came the weekend in Augsburg and that match that I stood next to, to Gav and Jacko and Jim Lynch and, and, and Cheryl and Tamsin and all these guys all around us just, having a, just getting stuck into the crack and having a few beers and watched a game that I wished would go on forever because I, I remember Gav Hall, my good friend, a Steeler, there's a, representing the Giants. Uh, he just turned it's his ger- on, in in, in, the, in the last ten minutes of the game. He turned to me and he said, "I could watch another three periods of this." And I was, yeah, oh, "You're yeah. absolutely right. What a game that was! That penalty kill that seemed to go on forever. Only to have the gut shot that, that we suffered as soon as that penalty kill ended, and and Augsburg scored." but the weekend the the way that team represented us in Europe and and seeing what we were hoped would be a team that go into the league with that same dynamic approach that same sort of strength that same passion that we were seeing i was really excited for the season and then it just didn't materialize the team that we saw in those games in Augsburg against Librec, the games even the games against Lulia didn't seem to get up the same way in the Challenge Cup where we struggled to even get out of the group they didn't come again in the league where we were going 500 I don't know how many you know about the, our statistical mastermind there in, in Mr. Magimsy in regards to how many four point weekends we got but we didn't have that many and it was a real disappointment to say, you know, we've heard Patrick Ronker's name mentioned, a guy who we saw could handle a stick. Maybe we thought he was going to be the new Chris Higgins, but younger, and he wasn't. He just couldn't find the net. And we, we saw Curtis Hamilton couldn't find the net. The, the real, you know, it seemed to be going right through we were trying to replace those points and those points didn't get replaced and we really struggled we we held our own we we were still there and you know we still have opportunities to try to climb the table but every time we had that opportunity we dropped points somewhere else we we would get a great win and then we drop points somewhere else and this seemed to be the frustrating narrative that just permeated through the whole of our season and Yes, Dupuy came and went, Ronker came and went, and the guys that came in arguably became in their run some of our best players. Larry was a great player, Pierce was a great player, Goodwin was a good player. You know, these guys came, and while others who came in with big reputations didn't match up to them. You know, how many how many fans across the elite league saw the signing of Liam Reddicks and thought, wow, there's a coup. They've pulled in a guy who's the captain of an SHL champion, a CHL champion, and they've pulled him in to the the Belfast Giants. When you know, I think the Clan were after him, the Steelers were after him, the Devils were after him. And we thought, yes, we could. he didn't didn't materialise that player that we thought we were getting, we didn't get, and that's a frustration because you can't you cannot lay the blame for that at the coaching or the recruitment. I don't think the CVs of these guys that were coming in were solid, everybody at the start of the season had the Belfast Giants as as leading lights and a real strong case for retaining their their elite league championship, which they did in the end but anyway, that's a different story uh, retaining (laughs) their elite league championship they had us down, on paper we were one, if not the strongest team in the league but as we've seen and we've said and it is a cliche, the game isn't won on paper, and so it was these, some of these players we brought in, some of these strengths, some of these highlight players didn't show up. And we were left thinking what could have been and looking back instead of looking forward because when we were looking at the team against Librec, we thought this team could be better than the last. And by the time December rolled around, we're looking over our shoulder at the guys that left thinking, I really enjoyed that season. Why couldn't we have had that again? And when it came, when it comes to... Uh, player of the season. I'm going to make this a 50-50 split between us boys because I have to go for Kevin Wren. I thought Rayner... Rayner's been one of our best players probably for two consecutive seasons. He he came back in to the lineup um after the... Uh, who was it? Got injured in defence last season and then he came in soon after. Uh, games... Uh, Jealous. Jealous. in came, in came Kevin Ryan back into the side, and he didn't miss a beat. And he was a standout player last season. Comes back into the side was was an easy was an easy win for the Giants of bringing him back. I think it was without doubt a player who's one a high up on on Adam Keefe's list to bring back. And he didn't let us down. Not one game. Not one shift. Kevin Ryan was out there uh, blocking shots, getting involved. One of the standout, if not the standout D-men in the Elite League and uh, it, I'm pleased, I'm very pleased to see that it looks like he will be one of the first names on the team sheet next season from our conversation with him the other week. Um, but yeah, Kevin Ryan. to make that a 50-50 split is uh, is my take. Uh there's so much going on. Uh, there's so much of the fallout going on. Let's brief, just briefly touch on the fallout that's taken place from the decisions that are made. Not just, you know, Well, I was going to say not just in the elite league, but this is a hockey podcast, so let's let's keep this to the elite league. Um, because a decision, and we heard it from Brooksy there, Joel. Uh, a decision like this, that the elite league were had to make. and Nobody doubts that they had to make has ramifications. Financially, because while the Belfast Giants will find a way, hopefully, and we help, but we hope they find a way. It's going to be, let's say it's going to be easier. It's going to be difficult, but it's going to be easier for the Giants to find a way that would be for the likes of the Dundee Stars, because a lot of these organizations are hand to mouth and to call off a season like this and then not have the playoffs. Because the playoffs is a massive cash cow for the elite league that gets split between the ten teams and allows the next season to start and develop, but to not have the playoffs puts a big question mark over the twenty 2020, twenty 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 one season.
3: It's concerning. It's gen- it genuinely is, and, and I guess if I if I widen it out just for for an example, you know, I, I obviously there are some some serious uh, health concerns, you know, with with everybody at the minute in terms of maybe uh your, yourself obviously i mean nobody's nobody's uh, immune right now uh you know older friends older family vulnerable people that you care about that you love um but there's also a a very grave economic worry uh worldwide right now and, and i'm i'm in the middle of it night and day at the minute with with my job and, and whatever else uh this thing the 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 weird surreal reality we're living right now it's changed it it has changed the world Uh, And I fully believe that, that that we're never going to be quite the same as before this hit us. Um, If I look uh, and take my own experience in my career for an example, I don't see the hospitality industry of Northern Ireland being back on its feet and back to normal within the next five years plus. Uh, many businesses that close their doors at the moment will never reopen their doors, uh, and, and those staff will, will move on and find somewhere else. And a and I, I, I step away from hockey for a second, just to paint that picture and, and that example. If you're under any illusion as to how grave this is, please, you know, the the the, the economic uh, financial ramifications of what we're going through right now will be felt in every sector, in every industry, in every household for years to come, and that's almost. I would say what my biggest concern is, and, and that applies very much to the Elite Ice Hockey League. Um, I said it to Brooksy earlier. You know, we are we could not be in safer hands than being with the Odyssey Trust. Uh, from from knowing Robert Fitzpatrick and his team personally, and and being lucky enough to know them personally, I know the passion that they have for this club. It's it's not just a commercial thing for them. It's not money uh, in the pocket of the trust in the arena. They care about having a, a competitive team. They care about the social intervention that the club provides for Northern Ireland, and they care about its long term future but the product is ice hockey and if there's no one to play against then what's the point there's uh there is a serious serious kind of worry right now about the long-term future of the quote-unquote smaller teams and i say that in terms of their uh spending power and, and their financial security um i hope that uh we see we continue to see uh, well, I mean, I hope that we begin to see, sorry, uh, government intervention and, and rescue packages for for every industry that's struggling right now. But that comes down to to what what is a minority sport as well. I hope also that the fan bases that that uh, derive so much pleasure and so much joy and so much kind of sense of purpose from their own individual clubs not just in Belfast I hope they step in and that they realize how grave this is and that they do their part to support their club every single club is going to need everybody through the door that they can get they're going to need every season ticket sale they're going to need every concession every shirt off the back it's so imperative moving forward that if this is something that you care about if it's something that you love and that it means something to you that you show that and I understand it's tough right now everybody's getting it tough everybody's feeling the pinch Everybody's looking at job losses, everybody's looking at pay cuts and and, and just grave uncertainty in the months to come. But if this is a big part of your life, like it is mine, do everything that you can to make sure that your club is here next season. Because you, if you've been around this elite league and and the, the the iterations that that existed before the elite league, you'll know that it's a volatile industry. There have been so many teams that have fallen by the wayside, and this is an unprecedented challenge for for this league and this sport in in the United Kingdom. Um, and I only hope and pray that we come out the other side with a, a full list of teams that we can that we can duel and chirp back and forward and and fall out with each other over. Because honestly, that's what we love. Um, I just hope that that other clubs. Uh, weather the storm in the same way that I hope that the Giants come out the other side of this competitive and, and, and intact and unfortunately we don't have the answers right now um, I think that the, the world and the situation is going to change day by day for the next weeks, for the next months whatever but it's only my solemn hope that, that anybody who's listening to this that may not be a Giants fan, I hope that you have your club out the other end of this because I want to beat you,
1: <laughs> you Ha anything on that? No, I think uh,
2: that'd be for Joel being in the with hospitality, it's a hospitality Ulster jewel,
3: isn't it? Yes, mate.
2: Um, you know, he, he said he, he's been at the at the, you know, right on the front line. This this probably this last lot of weeks, rather than just the last week. But I'm sure the last few days have been particularly stressful. I know from. Your own experience, Paddy, own that you know, knowing people that are working on the front line of the NHS, it's a pretty stressful time for them. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not um, trying to make this about me either, but I'm going to be Mr. Magimsy from Friday, looking after homeschooling some children while trying to hold down a full-time job. So that's, you know, it's going to be a, cha- a challenge in itself. Um, I think we'll get expelled by lunchtime, so I'm not sure, <laughs> not sure what's going to happen on Friday afternoon. But um, it's uh, it's a challenging time, Friday. Right? You know, I'm not belittling anybody there you know the teachers and all that have been holding things together of late my own school that the kids go to um three and every 10 teachers are are all self-isolating at the minute it became a point the school were closing down themselves um from tomorrow night before the government advice came out because staff were dying there was over 200 children had been either off ill or taken out by their parents um, I have to say that some of the stuff that the parents are putting in the WhatsApp groups and the Facebook are, are absolutely killing me because they think I'm gonna be baking loaves and um, making <laughs> miso crackers for ten o'clock tea and you
1: know make,
2: make, I, there was somebody put a, a, a timetable up and it was like you know design your own invention <laughs> like it's gonna be there's the ipad kids get your horse <laughs> on you know see see at three uh, the bell will go at half three you know uh, it's gonna be a challenge these kids watch this everybody. morning don't you that's right
3: <laughs> yeah. children this is called the neutral zone trap
2: <laughs> yeah well the you know things like again i'm definitely going to be doing a little bit more taekwondo with them i'm starting to learn that myself they'll be doing their musical instruments school are setting up stuff for them to do I'll, I'm, I'm no different to anybody else. I'm worried about my family, my, you know, my wee granny in the nursing home there, yeah. really hoping that it doesn't spread the nursing home because that's not going to be a, a good outcome for anybody. My mom and dad are self-isolating and probably like your own parents, you know, they're in that bracket now. They're in there. they not, forgive me for saying it, but they're, they're past the big seven zero, you know? So you, you, you worry about these things. You worry about kids and you, you worry about, uh, I'm not too worried about getting myself. I'm fairly young and healthy. And all the advice would be if you're young and healthy, uh, You'll be all right. So, you know, uh, it's a stressful time for everybody involved. You know, I was away as using today, and everybody is one paycheck away from selling a big issue here. You know, it's it's a it's a very very worrying. It's it's stressful. We've all got bills to pay. We've all got mice you know, little little mice to feed. So, you know, we we try and keep industry in the wheels turning as much as we can. Obviously, Joel Joe in the hospitality industry, there is it's frightening, uh, you know, I listened to Talk back today, I listen to Stephen Nolan today, what's the, you know, but don't always listen to Nolan, but you know, it's, it's special times, Um so it's stressful, Um we just try and, and get on with it, when you bring it back to hockey, you know, we talked to Pash last week and, and Mark Lefebvre over the weekend, and, and how much, like, even just the stress of going on a playoff run for them the other season, you know, was on their finances, being successful was, was a strain on them, so you know, you can imagine not having the income from the playoffs has got to be, you know, really stressful for some of these organizations. And you we've know, had Brooksy obviously talking about our own organization and, and how all we can do is plan for the future. And, and all those hospitality industries, like people were saying on phone, somebody is still open and buy a voucher and use it in six months from now. Try and, if you can afford to know everybody's trying to protect their money. And the other thing is, stop being an absolute wab in the supermarkets. You know, and <laughs> St seen Andrea and on there saying there was a wee old man in the shop today with his basket because he can't carry very much. All he was looking was for some porridge and there wasn't anyone. And there's a young guy the till with a, a basket full of instant porridge. Think about the people that are more vulnerable than you. I'm fortunate that I've got a freezer full of food and I, I don't know what I'm going to do with like, you know, reheated tofu and asparagus and all that's in the freezer but well you know what hopefully we'll not starve and uh, it'll just be fun with the kids trying to teach them to cook and them trying to teach me how they do maths in 2020 cause i'm telling you what the grid method absolutely <laughs> good method. I'm, I'm good with numbers ruby came home with her her homework last night and says do these sums in the grid method not as scooby couldn't, <laughs> couldn't understand why they were trying to make her over like something that should be pretty easy but like i'm gonna learn some stuff over the next few weeks uh, months however long this is gonna take let's just hope that most of us come out on the right side of it and uh and then we start rebuilding together because that's all we can do in this country. If it, if it brings anything into focus over the nonsense of Sinn Féin and DUP and all have been doing over this last lot of weeks about argument, this is the time for people to come together, especially when we we'll come out the other side of it. We are going to have to be the people that rebuild this we country. And, you know, the Belfast Giants will be a big part of that. And I look forward to getting my feedback inside the SSE arena and seeing some hockey.
1: I hear, here. Can't add any more to that, boys. What I will say, one of the last topics I've written down here is Bleed Teal 100. Give, him a, give a pint of the red stuff uh, last night that made me have to avoid drinking a pint of the black stuff on St. Patrick's uh-huh. Day, but all good. All good and all part of what is that, that Bleed Teal 100. Now, obviously. Obviously, our target was to hit 100 by the end of the season. We had planned this forthcoming weekend. There was a whole, there was a bike ride planned. There was a view from the bridge live. There was all, obviously we were going to have all you guys come in and we were going to give you the, the pint that you wanted, the pint that you deserved for giving a pint of your own blood and everything on top of that. That was all part of what we had planned for this forthcoming weekend. But fear not, we are going to move it. And we're going to move it to one of the first games of the new season if and when that begins hopefully in september um the the statistics as they stand now are that we are on 64 pints of blood from i think it's 52 donors um including my one from last night uh davy i'll just come to you on this obviously like i say we were hoping to do something this weekend that isn't happening but Teal one hundred lives on, and we'll set that target for the start of the new season. Yes, we've got a we've got a summer now. Obviously, things might be a bit
2: complicated with giving blood. If you can, if it's still on, and you can, probably mm-hmm. a time now more than ever that if you can give blood and they're accepting blood, it might be a good time to go out and uh, and give it. But we'll, well, we'll have a push.
1: Just so, just to say that, like I say, I went last night to to round the round the corner for me in Hill Green, and I didn't know whether turning up in this current scenario whether I was going to be turned away. And you know, they they did ask me about contact with anyone who had the infection and whether I had it myself, whether I had any symptoms of it myself. I thought if I had symptoms of it myself, I wouldn't be turned. I have more sense than to turn up here. Um, mm-hmm. But the uh, they the. the the young nurse I chatted to and a couple of people I chatted to were very much over that it, there's going to be a massive drive coming on because things could get very dark. And if they do, the things like blood drives are going to be essential for some folk who are maybe in ICU and and surgeries that might have to take place. So this is a time when giving blood is massive and to to, to answer you davy and sorry just to go back to you yeah they are accepting blood and it's something that's going to be vital in in the forthcoming months
2: yeah like we'll, well we'll keep we'll, we'll hopefully if the internet goes down that's the, the the end of the world um but uh hopefully we'll be able to keep going over the summer and uh Things get better at like the other side. less us we'll have a little push towards the start of the season We'll maybe look to, to have a night in late September, October, November time where we can we can do all that we wanted to do the bike ride, the charity auction, all that kind of stuff. And uh, this is where the Belfast Giants fans get to be part of the community and help rebuild and help give back because this clubs give us so much. And Josh, or Josh. Joel talked about it earlier on there, about it being the place that we go to get away from our problems. You know, that club gives us us a night. We've all got our our mental health foibles. So it's it's somewhere... Leave your bags at the door, David. Leave your bags at the door. Mate, hopefully that's going to be something that you'll maybe see over the (laughs) summer as well. You never know. Um, But look, give if you can and... um, you know, I just look forward to a little bit of normality. It's gonna be a testing time for us all, but uh, you know what? we'll try and put some content out over the next couple of weeks. We've got a few ideas of what I might do. Try and put your thinking caps on boys as well. if you can talk to somebody on the uh, and we'll get a bit of content to put out in a v f t b but hey it's been uh been a bit of a strange podcast day but
1: that's another one in the can i think so episode 28 of what's supposed to be what was supposed to be 32 but ends at episode 28 of the 15th season of a view from the bridge i want to put out a thank you to everybody who's been involved with the views from the bridge this season who's come on and chatted to us who's the interviews that we've got uh, the interviews that, that we've been able to bring to you both on the podcast and the likes of the post game that Joels gets the, the 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 trips down to training that says gets the the stuff that davy does interviewing some of the coaches and the likes of that and everybody who's been part or, or had their voice as part of a view from the bridge but not just that the people who have tweeted us the people who have emailed us the people who have gotten contact by facebook the ones who do just download the podcast on a weekly basis it's a big thank you to you because uh, i I say this every year this podcast is just basically a load of mates talking hockey on the internet from their spare rooms but it means a lot to us because it is like it's an escape it's a it's a passion it's it's something that we really enjoy doing week on week and to think that even one person is listening is really humbling to to find that so many people approach us and, and say that they're listening or get in contact with us or tweet us or even just this bleed tale, the fact that we've had 64 odd pints of blood given by people who listen in or want to be part of it is very humbling so as we do bring episode 28 to a completion in season 15, I just want to say a massive thank you to Davey, to Joel, to Simon, and, and to everybody who has been part of this. Um, and a big thank you to the Belfast Giants. A big thank you to Adam Keefe, who has been very generous with his time throughout the season. Um, Thank you to Steve Thornton, Rob Fitzpatrick, and everybody involved with the Belfast Giants. As Davy and Joe says, the Belfast Giants will be back. This league will be back. A view from the bridge will be back, and uh, we'll we'll be bringing content to you throughout the summer. Anything from you boys to finish off?
3: I just can't can't really say much more than that, Paddy. Other than to to obviously just echo your thanks. You know, I I take none of of this opportunity for granted. Uh, it's 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 pretty much the the most important thing in my life to me aside from my family and uh just, i'm very grateful for for the opportunity to to do this with you guys and and to to have the crack all year long and it's sad how it ended but uh but as you say we'll be back
1: Davey, anything for you to finish yeah you're welcome boys you're welcome <laughs> goodbye Good man. (laughs) And on that note uh, catch us on AVFTB on Twitter Facebook, you can download us on Apple, Google and all the other places and well, however you spend your summer, look after each other, care for each other, help each other protect each other because this is going to be difficult times. We'll do our very best to bring you any content that we can garner to try to keep you even mildly entertained through this time and When we come out the other end and we start in and that puck drops on a new season, soon after that you'll hear from us on a view from the bridge.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.